Welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. We are finally getting to this album. Don't think that we forgot about it. I am talking about Saviors by Green Day. It is Green Day's 14th studio album. It came out on January 19th of this year. What a way to kick off 2024. I am talking about the punk rock powerhouses themselves. The one, the only, Green Day. Still can remember my early days of listening to them years ago. I'm pretty certain at this point it was 20 years ago, kind of (laughs) dating myself a little bit. But I'll never forget. Sounds about right. (laughs) But I'll never forget where I was, what I was doing when I was first told about Green Day, who told me about them, and what album they were talking to me about. And yeah it's it's crazy how long they've stuck around how many albums they've done and i'm just excited to do a deep dive into this album me too man me too and before we dive into this album and give our thoughts about this record i do want to give a shout out to the day that we're recording this because we happen to be recording this it's not going to come out on this day of course but I do want to acknowledge today, February 23rd, the Music Matters Media podcast anniversary. That is right. The anniversary of this show, the first episode that we dropped was on February 23rd of 2018. We have been doing this for six years now, Eric. Wow. Six years. Wow, where does the time go? Right? Where does the time go? It just didn't feel right to me not to acknowledge today. So I just wanted to give a shout out to our show and Music Matters Media in general and just the journey that we've all gone through throughout these six years and hopefully infinite years to come. And yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that this is the anniversary day that we're recording this on. So it just makes me even that much more appreciative to be doing this here with you today. 2018 feels like it was only two years ago. I know. <laughs> right? I it's have like, such a hard time with that. I know. And it's it's so crazy to think that, you know, what we at one point couldn't even fathom still being here, you know, just barely months down the line all of a sudden turned into something that not only has stuck around for, you know, a little more than half a decade at this point, but that has really just developed such a strong following. 
So, you know, not only shout out to us, but shout out to all of you guys listening out there. 100%. We could not be doing what we're doing without you guys tuning in. All of our loyal listeners from the beginning, whether you've been here from the first episode up until now or somewhere along the way or you're just tuning in today, I have news for you. We appreciate you and we want to make sure that you guys know that we could not be doing this without you guys. We thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being on this journey and this ride with us through and through. And yeah, it's just such an unbelievable thing to be here with you, Eric, six years later and have millions of listeners across the world. I mean, if you were to tell me this back in 2018, of course, you know me. And you know how I am. I always have that positive outlook. That's just how I've always been in general. And I remember going into this and having such aspirations. And I still do now, of course. Now it's just how do we keep developing this thing? How do we get go bigger, get better along the way? Of course, it's just it's a never-ending progression here and evolution here of Music Matters. But... I just remember having such big dreams and goals starting this out. And even with all that, if you were to tell me six years later that we would have this following and have millions of people from all over the world listening to us, I still would have been floored. I really, I am floored present day. So shout out to younger us and shout out to all of you as I said, who have either been there from the beginning and listening to us throughout all these years, found us maybe somewhere along the way, or if you're just tuning in now, thank you. Thank you for giving us your time where you could literally be doing anything else and listening to whoever you would want to listen to because let me tell you, between then and now, how many podcasts have come to to fruition is unbelievable i mean now quite literally everybody has a podcast so that is never lost upon me or upon eric and that makes me all the more appreciative that despite the popularity of podcasting and the big boom that happened during the pandemic that you guys have been here following us and supporting us and choose to keep on tuning in and keep on following and I just could not be more grateful I know Eric could not be more grateful so thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts cheers to six years of the music matters media show and soon to be six years of the company and the website and everything coming this September but cheers to the show because the show is where it all started so thank you Eric thank you for coming along on this journey with me throughout all these years and wow I am just as I sit here and try to run it back in my mind from where we started to where we are now it gets me choked up and takes my breath away all in the same breath well thank you for picking me as your co-host you could have picked absolutely anybody in the world to be your co-host and I'm sure there's people that are way more knowledgeable than me about this there always will be. So the fact that you picked me to do this, it really says a lot. 
And it really means the world to me to be able to, you know, talk about this with you in a professional capacity. But uh, it also just means the world to me to just have people that care about what I have to say in general. You know, uh, that's uh, something that I never thought was going to be possible. So uh, thank you for making me feel mattered. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I actually love that, Eric. Thanks to all of you guys. You know, I know that we haven't always been there. We've taken breaks. We've taken hiatuses because life, you know, a lot of things happen and not everything goes your way all the time. And it's especially during those times where either one of us was forced to take a break that you guys really showed up for us and you made your presence known to us, especially during our absences. And that completely floored us when we found out for the first time that uh, when we stepped away for quite a prolonged period of time, you guys just came out in droves. and Just how really, loyal and dedicated you guys truly yeah, are. Yeah, you really elevated our our plays. Our audience grew thanks to you guys, whether because you spread word of the podcast or whether you found it organically and you just started listening to us religiously we just really want to thank you for that because i've just never seen that before where you know a creator goes away for a while and instead of maybe just like leveling off you instead just increase the activity you know and really can't thank you enough for that and we just want to say that we're going to do our best to make sure that this year is full of episodes, full of awesome conversations for you guys to listen to and be a part of. And once again, just thank you so much for making this the living, breathing thing that it is today. Thank you for, you know, listening to us and for making us, like I said, feel mattered and for making us feel like our voices count. Well said, Eric. Well said. My heart is filled with such gratitude for everybody who takes the time to listen. And I just have a feeling, Eric, that 2024 is going to be our best year yet. Me too. And with that, I think it's time to finally get into Saviors. We promised our listeners for quite some time since this record came out that we were going to do an album review and give you guys our general thoughts and... That's what we're here to do today. So, Saviors, the 14th studio album by the punk rock powerhouse Green Day, was released January 19th of this year and consists of 15 tracks, just about 46 minutes. What do you have to say, Eric? What were your thoughts about listening to this record? So, I can sum it up in three words, just for now. Return to form. Return to form. Well said. For those who haven't had a chance to listen to our most anticipated of this year, spoiler alert, Green Day made my top 10 on that list. And listening to the singles going into this record before the full record dropped, it made me so incredibly excited and stoked for this record because of exactly that it sounded like a return to form where you listen to these songs these singles and you hear aspects of dookie and of american idiot 
which are arguably two of their classic records in their entire discography. And also, just before we get into Savers, I do want to give a shout out to both Dookie and American Idiot. Dookie, which came out in 1994, the 30th anniversary is this year, and American Idiot came out in 2004, and the 20th anniversary of that record is also this year. So Green Day are going to be going out on tour this year, of course, to promote their new record, Saviors, but they're also incorporating anniversary segments of the tour to Dookie and to American Idiot in their entirety, which I think that's an insane set to be playing, where you're going to be hearing these classic albums live along with some, if not most, of the new material. So shout out to Green Day for coming up with that idea and wanting to pay tribute to those staples in their discography, along with a very much return to form record. Definitely. And the reason, at least why I say return to form, is because you really have to take into account what their previous album sounded like. Such a departure. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't good. Not saying that. You know, it was just different for them. You know, I, I do... I do respect the experimentation. I do respect the uh, impulse to go in a more, I guess, danceable direction with their music. It was definitely more stripped back. The guitars were definitely uh, tuned down a little, not as loud. And the... The lead single off that record sounded like a stadium rock kind of song, shying away from their punk rock roots. And I think that... The grittiness took a back seat on that album. Correct. And I think that... And for those who may not be privy to Green Day's discography, the record that we're referring to came out in 2020 during the height of the pandemic, unfortunately. And that record is titled Father of All, Mother Effers. What a jarring experience to listening listening to that album it was extremely divisive amongst the fan base and critics alike really yeah of course with good reason so when you take that album into account and then you compare it to this one i mean the only phrase we can use is return to form because what a comeback with saviors also i want to say i think that even though that record was super divisive there are tracks on there that i think are extremely solid it's not i don't think that it was a complete throwaway record in its entirety yeah not at all it was just such a shift in in sound that it it really threw people for a loop exactly but i do believe that a record like that needs to be made in order for a record like this to come out if that makes sense yeah i mean listen look at a (laughs) look at so much for stardust and mania exactly exactly my point oh my god that was such a great great reference Because, I mean, sometimes that is what you have to go through. And this has been proven time and time again with bands throughout history. I mean, you, of course, we just uh, named Fall Out Boy as an example. Sometimes you have to have those growing pains along the way. Exactly. You had uh, Metallica with St. Anger way back in the early 2000s. You know, that album was just so divisive at the time. I'm sure it's gotten more appreciation as time has gone on. So, yeah, you do have... These iconic bands that have these moments along the way where they try to experiment or there's a shift in sound sonically, whatever it may be. But with that being said, sometimes these moments need to happen for the follow up to that to be something truly remarkable. 
And I think that in Green Day's case, dropping father of all mother effers and then now saviors as a follow-up the shift between the two honestly needed to happen and it really shows that the band is still capable of tapping into their punk rock roots and giving everybody sonically what they come to know green day for yeah and anybody who has followed green day's career they know that you know green day has such a signature sound they've got a signature way of playing chords using specific chord progressions and that's very much just full this album is very much full of that here i mean the minute you hear the first song the american dream is killing me you instantly you instantly hear traces of american idiot of dookie of all of their classic material and that remains true for the rest of the album in my opinion you you hear traces of that and then that's when you say to yourself green day is back like the real green day is back totally i think that throughout this record you hear the influences of their previous work of their early work and just their punk rock roots and that they've never truly lost sight of that just because they experimented on their previous record does not mean that they don't still have it in them because man between the guitar on this record the drums on this record the material in terms of the lyricism and what we've come to know and enjoy about Green Day, they put it all out on the table here with Saviors. And I am extremely happy with this record. Usually when singles come out and you listen to them, you start to get an idea and you build this expectation. And you've heard this before, Eric, where you listen to the singles and you get such high hopes for the rest of the record and then by the time the record comes out and you listen to the rest of it it's nothing like the singles that made you so excited in the first place with this i had nothing to worry about because they held true throughout the entire record of what the expectation was to come absolutely and it feels like every song that you play on the album, like when you started off with the first song, feels like every song after The American Dream is Killing Me is just, you know, solid song after solid song. Totally. I think majority of this album is super high energy throughout. And even on the more stripped back and slower moments on this record, they serve a purpose, which I love. They're not just thrown in there just because they're thrown in there to make an impact yeah definitely and i also love that first of all every sing every individual member is on top of their game you know billy joel billy joe armstrong i mean his vocals are fantastic his guitar riffs vintage green day as far as i'm concerned oh yeah shout out to him for playing lead guitar on this album a lot i know it's not something he tends to do much but i do love that he does it more on this album which i think is cool i mean mike durnt i mean his bass lines so fluid i mean you hear him and you hear the connection to other pop punk bass players it's it's obvious how much influence he's had in the genre and trey cool i mean his drumming fantastic and i love that they show a variety of influences on this album like yes on the surface it's very much punk but when you pay attention to the little details you hear influences from the beatles you hear a little bit of the rolling stones you know, so all I do the greats, love, yeah. Yeah, so I do love that they really gave it their all to make an album that really just really makes it known to the world why they are so respected within the genre of rock. 
Before we get into our least favorite and favorite songs off of this record, just in general, Eric, what are some tracks that stood out to you upon first listen? So, absolutely, The American Dream is Killing Me, right off the bat. I, I love that it is reminiscent of American Idiot in the sense that it goes through different stages. Like, it starts off pop-punk, then in, then it shifts to a Beatles-esque type of sound with strings and slowed down. And it's got a very Celtic feel to it. If yeah, you yeah, think no, about that. I, I hear that. There's this, there's a part in in the middle where you really do feel that uh that Celtic rhythm to it, and I really do love that. And I was digging a little deep into the album art of uh, of this album, and it it would make sense because the album art is a reference to this war that happened in Ireland, if I'm not mistaken. So wow! It, see, I did not know that. Wow! So it would make sense for uh, for the Celtic sound the to have been put in yeah. there deliberately for that reason. I love that you picked up on that underlying tone throughout the song because I felt that way listening to it. Yeah, yeah. As well. And fun fact: the album art is actually it is a real picture of a kid who took part in a riot. But I do think it's pretty cool that they slightly edited the picture to make him look a little more uh i guess jo- overjoyed to enthusiastic be yeah yeah exactly yeah. Uh, other songs that i love that are my favorites look mono brains i just think that's a straight <gasps> so a straight green day song all around bobby's socks in particular i love great one. billy joe's vocal it's very snotty very just super punk yes, super punk rock. super punk and I love that it's a twisted love song in a way. Yes. I think it's pretty cool. I love that line about walking through the graveyard together. Yes, I love that line too. <laughs> I love that. Um, One-Eyed Bastard. So good. I love that one. So good. But who, yeah. Who would have thought, Eric, in 2023 and in 2024, that both Blink and Green Day would still be on top of pop punk? Yeah. I mean, you weren't kidding when you uh, when you said that we're living in the real pop punk revival. Yeah. Because we did have that conversation. We did, yeah. And yeah, it's it's really crazy how sometimes, you know, things just come back around full circle and everybody's everything's on top of their cyclical game. when it comes to, to music and when it comes to a lot of things in general, when it in terms of culture and how things come back around. But yeah, especially totally. with music, this era that we're living in now, pop punk is really dominating and yeah. all of the classic heavy hitters that we grew up listening to are just back on top all over again it's it's truly it's an amazing feeling to great know that yeah that not only do they still have it but that they're capable of really growing and coming up with compositions that age gracefully as they do well said yes well said uh, another song i really love is corvette summer that's <sighs> so where that, good that's where that rolling stones influence Yeah, you know, I I love the cowbell. I love that classic vintage Rolling Stones feel to it. So good. And living in the 20s. That was another song that I really enjoyed listening to. You mentioned some of my absolute favorites off here, but just a few other highlights. 1981 is a really fun one. Coma City, Corvette Summer, and also cannot forget Dilemma. I mean, Dilemma is another good one. There are sprinkled throughout of influences of other legendary rock bands when it came to writing and recording these songs. Yeah, definitely. And if if you follow the band and you've heard them, you know, name drop their influences, then when you hear this album, they'll be obvious because you'll know where the roots of their sound come from. 
And also I wanted to include, even though it's a more stripped back and mellow song in comparison to the others off of this album, Father to a Son, I thought that was a beautiful tribute as a parent i'm sure that a lot of people especially parents can appreciate this song absolutely now you did mention you really like the song living in the 20s right yeah and strange days are here to stay yes i do like those songs but lyrically they actually do not do it for me yeah what would you say would be your least favorite are either of these your least favorite or uh, yeah actually uh strange days are here to stay is my yeah. least favorite but okay. it's it's because of the lyrics i feel like I don't know. I, I just feel like he could have said more. I feel like he uh, there were some things he touched upon, but I feel like he could have elaborated a little more on them. It just felt very surface level, the stuff he was talking about. I gotcha. I gotcha. And uh, while I appreciate the reference to David Bowie, I kind of felt like that was a throwaway thing. I, like, I, I get it. He feels the loss of David Bowie, but at the same time, uh, to me, it really serves no purpose to name drop him because... Uh, like I said, I, I really don't feel like there's much of a connection between the things he's talking about in the song. I feel like he m- makes references to things that have happened in the real world. But I don't know. I, I just feel like in comparison to, for example, to the way he made social commentary on American Idiot, I I feel like this falls short of the mark. I feel like uh, whatever social commentary he wanted to make on this song, I feel like he could have done it better. But that's just me. And it's the same thing with living in the 20s. It's it's really the same issue. I feel like he, he made references to a bunch of things that are happening in the world right now. But I don't know. It, it just really didn't do it for me. I do agree with you in the sense that lyrically, sonically, I absolutely adore this album. But same. lyrically, there are things about this album that I'm not as fond of. And of course, there are things that I would tweak. And to be quite honest with you, out of these 15 tracks, I really do think that this album could have benefited a lot more condensing the track list into from 15 maybe to a 10 song track yeah, list. Yeah, because to me, and listen, no disrespect to the song that he wrote about his son. But to me, the last five songs lyrically are lacking. Speaking on that really quick, in that sense, I do agree with the fact that I wholeheartedly believe that the first half of this album is the stronger and better half yeah. by by a, a landslide, by a huge yeah. margin. I, I do want to point that out. But on the second half of this record and on the back end, I do believe that there are songs that are still decent are they as strong as the first half no but i don't think that the second half is a complete throwaway however in its entirety if you were to condense this album into a 10 song track list versus a 15 song track list i think overall the album would have benefited because it would have taken all the standouts and they would have even packed more of a punch yeah than the album does now because the problem that this album has is the first half is so good that yeah. even though the second half isn't bad by any means, but it in comparison, suffers. yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think that it suffers from just sequencing and it, it is a little bloated at times. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I felt about uh, about uh, Strange Days Are Here to Stay and Living in the 20s. I feel like he tried to make so many references in one song that really... I feel like the substance of it got sacrificed. I feel like he could have maybe had a great message 
in the song Strange Days Strange Days Are Here to Stay. I think that's why ultimately it's my least favorite because when you see the title you think, Oh, he's probably gonna make some kind of grand statement about the state of the world right now. Yeah, it's Green Day. I mean, the fact I also just wanna <laughs> comment on the fact that everybody made such a or I should say the media made such a big deal about Green Day's performance during New Year's Eve where they dropped that MAGA line and not to make anything political here on this podcast but just pointing out a fact guys Green Day is a punk rock band they're a punk rock (laughs) band they've always been political if you haven't gotten the drift by now go back and listen to American Idiot it's not that far off and far along right, right. from that record. You know right. what I mean? And so. I'm not, I, I don't mean to incite anything by saying this, but it's like the people who just found out Rage Against the Machine was political yeah, like five minutes ago. You guys are about 20 years. But that's all That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, but, late um, on, on that but info. Yes. So when I saw the title, I thought, okay, this is going to be some, it's going to be a throwback to American Idiot in a way because he's going to give his take on current events, right? But really all he did was just name drop certain things that are happening. He didn't actually really give much of a take on that. Yeah, I do and agree with you that the American Dream is Killing Me, the opener of the that record, did a, better job. did a way better job yeah. and had a lot more to say. Sonically, though, I really like those tracks, I will Definitely. say. Definitely. To me, the weakest song lyrically is actually Fancy Sauce. The closer, wow, okay. Yeah, I, I, I really got nothing out of that. But again, it's it's really just the the fake out of the lyricism on Strange Strange Days Are Here to Stay, which makes it my least favorite. Even if, you know, lyrically speaking, it wasn't the worst out of them, in my opinion. Well, while we're talking about the second half of this record and our least favorites, I am going to jump in here because it happens to coincidentally also be on the second half of this record. Susie Chapstick is my personal least favorite, and I'll tell you why. I did not appreciate the melody of it and it sonically, and I do believe that this song isn't going to have a high replay factor moving forward because you're, you're not wrong. lyrically, it's very much present day, and I don't really care for when artists make references to current social norms and current social activity and technology because those references don't always age so well and that doesn't just go for this song off of this record I just mean in general it's something that I've never cared for I get that in a way it could be considered a time capsule of that time but to me when I listen to music some of the most great music of all time can be considered timeless So I feel like with a song like this, it really isn't. And for me, it didn't do much sonically. It didn't do much lyrically and was kind of plagued by the fact that it's making references of the common day experience versus who knows who's to say 10, 20 years from now how well this track is going to age listening back to it yeah i can understand that but do you also feel like maybe making references to you know whatever time period the music exists in? do you think that's like getting on a bandwagon of sorts or things like that you know honestly i didn't think of it like that 
Like, you know, when like a bunch of different artists all of a sudden feel the need to all comment on the same thing just because it's the thing to do or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't initially, I have to be honest with you, I did not think about that when listening to this song. You could make that argument. So I think that that's a good thing to point out. It's just for me personally, making references to Instagram and the common day experience. Yeah, yeah. To me, is not going to hold up. It's not going to age well. That's like 20 years ago, 10, 20 years ago, referencing sidekicks and blackberries. And <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? A, it's just there's a there's a there's a song by Rage Against the Machine where one of the lyrics says all live, never on a floppy disk. Right, so. right. Lyrics of that nature, to me, they stick out like sore thumbs. Right. With the longevity of mm-hmm. listening back to it after that time period right. takes place. You know, it just doesn't hold the same weight that it once did when I can, I can understand it was that. initially released. So between the lyricism that I wasn't too crazy about, along with the melody of the song. It's right. one of the more slower songs. It kind of drags, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. To me, it doesn't really bother me when artists make references to things like that. But at the same time, it could be said that it depends on the song and how it's done. You know, I think context matters. If it's if it's a throwaway line that makes a reference to, like you said, social media or whatever, right? Then, yeah, I can understand that because who is... First of all, that'll be dated in a while. And second, who's really going to care about that? And he makes references pretty frequently, actually, throughout this. Even in The American Dream is Killing Me, he makes a TikTok reference. Yeah. So that's a way better song, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. So I can kind of let that slide. And it it was just a throwaway. But the whole song of Susie Chapstick is based around Mm -hmm. the idea of social media and specifically Instagram and the notion behind it and... The sentiment that uh, people have nowadays. So that's why I guess it's kind of off-putting, not necessarily in present day, but as I said, for years to come, I don't think that it's going to age necessarily the best. Right, right. But again, I feel like context does matter because uh, take a song like We Didn't Start the Fire, for example. Incredible. Yeah. No, you're a completely, that's a great argument, Eric, because <laughs> you're completely right about that. And now the remake that came out last year in 2023 by Fallout Boy, mm-hmm. super relevant. I understand there is an argument to be made there, but right. just because of, like you said, the context of it and having something to say behind exactly. it. Exactly. It's how it's The done. impact that the song makes and what the lyrics are trying to insinuate and get at. What is the message exactly. overall? It's, it's how it's done. Whereas for Susie Chapstick, to me, there is no overall <laughs> yeah. big picture yeah, yeah. message here. You know, and it's yeah. kind of, it's one of those songs, in my opinion, which why it makes my least favorite. That's a throwaway here. Right. I can easily chop this song off this album and... I wouldn't right, think twice right. or think differently of the album. This is a speed bump. Yeah, this is a speed bump for sure. So that's why Susie Chapstick made my least favorite off of this Totally record. understandable. Getting that out of the way, now I want to highlight some of the standouts here. What are some of your favorite tracks off of Saviors? So some of my favorites, definitely. I've mentioned pretty much all of them. Some of my favorites are... Like I said, One-Eyed Bastard, Bobby Socks, Look My No Brains, The American Dream is Killing Me, all just by and by vintage Green Day. You know, it's it's just so 
it feels refreshing, but it also feels familiar. Nostalgic, think, right? Exactly. And yeah. that, that's what I love about it. And if, you know, if I could, my absolute favorite song on this album is 1981. Love that. Yeah. That's such a fun song, isn't it? It's. I think it's one of the most vintage Green Day sounding on this album. That bass line by Mike Dern is Infectious. just so good. It, it clearly a dookie style bass line and you know the the fast-paced nature of it it's it's awesome you know i i I definitely think that this and look mono brains are definitely like cousins in a way awesome awesome choices and selections for your favorites and i gotta tell you eric we have a tremendous amount of overlap here don't get it twisted with least favorites Maybe not so much, but when it comes to favorites, we are on the same page 100% because all of these songs, The American Dream is Killing Me, One-Eyed Bastard, Look Ma No Brains, Bobby Socks, for me, highlight, highlight off of this record. I love the vocal style. Yeah, definitely. That vocal, when he goes into the chorus. Oh, that like guttural. Yeah, yeah. very snotty. Yeah. Very snotty punk vocal. I love it. I absolutely love it. Look, my no brains too. Yeah, my just God. such a quick shot of adrenaline, such a fun track. And shout out to the Taco Bell commercial for putting <laughs> that on. <laughs> Two of my favorite things into one: Taco Bell. Oh and yeah, I know, I know. Look, my no brains. We've had a couple late night drives <laughs> to Taco Bell. So yeah, I mean, look, ma, no brains, Bobby socks, one eyed bastard. One eyed bastard is a really good one. Oh, uh, such a fun one. You can actually. Or that summer too. Yeah, Corvette Summer, another great one. Good Night Adeline, 1981. Coma City, I really am feeling the energy in these tracks. So with all that being said, my personal favorite track off of this record is Dilemma. Nice. I love this song. I love the lyricism behind the song. I think it's one of, other than Father to a Son, I think it's one of the most personal songs on this record about alcoholism and addiction in general and shout out to billy joe armstrong for being sober and he has my utmost respect and i give him so much credit for being in recovery and and clearly being sober has done wonders for his (laughs) musical performance i mean look how amazing they were at a new year's rock and eve yeah because you know what going on a quick quick side tangent i cannot stand the excuse slash argument of being under the influence is how the most creative musicians can get and that's where their creativity is at its peak being under the influence and a lot of musicians will tell you when they get sober yeah whether that's alcohol whether that's drugs yeah it's a load of crap that's what it is a lot of musicians will tell you like a lot of them will tell you no i thought that's what it was but then when i got sober and tried songwriting while clean i realized that i didn't need that at all you know so so shout out to to billy joe armstrong because i think that this was probably a really hard song to write for him i'm sure but sometimes the hardest songs to write are the best because through the turmoil and the real life struggle that you went through and then trying to put that pen to paper and create that and put that out for the world to listen to. You have to be extremely vulnerable to do that. And he just has my utmost respect 
for his sobriety and just being able to be vulnerable and and put that sentiment on this record and by doing so to me came out the best song I really do believe that I think that Dilemma is such an incredible song not only do I believe that this is the best song off of this record because lyrically and sonically it just packs a punch and it sounds amazing but even more so because of the impact that this track can have on so many people that are listening worldwide and to be vulnerable enough to put a track like this on saviors and to have everybody listening who may or may not be going through those same struggles and hearing that billy came out the other side and overcame that addiction i think that will give people the power to want to overcome what they may be struggling with and the inspiration to do so and that's why even more so it holds a special place in my heart i believe that dilemma is one of the best green day songs in their discography and i think that this one is going to age beautifully same really great pick for your favorite song off this album thanks eric and as you i mean there are so many high quality tracks on here that to be honest with you, it was hard. It was hard to pick a number one. My favorites are The American Dream is Killing Me, Bobby Socks, Look Ma No Brains, One-Eyed Bastard, and, of course, my all-time favorite on this album, 1981. And my personal favorites are Look Ma No Brains, Bobby Socks, One-Eyed Bastard, The American Dream is Killing Me, 1981, Coma City... Goodnight Adeline, Corvette Summer. Yeah, I, I like majority of this record. And my ultimate number one pick, I'm going to give it to Dilemma. Really awesome. And ultimately, listen, we may have our least favorites, but that doesn't mean that they can't be your favorites if you guys are listening to this. And quite honestly, with the awesome selection of songs on here, you really can't go wrong in terms of your favorites. All in all, I truly believe that this Green Day record was the hype was real first and foremost and i do believe that this is the best that the band has had to offer in years so eric before we close it out i want to give our listeners a rating out of five stars how do you feel about this record out of five stars i would give it a four 4.5. 4.5. Wow. Wow. With an extremely high replay factor, sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Love that. Love that energy. Love that rating. For those who haven't listened to our Neck Deep review, I know this is kind of a shameless plug here. Go listen to that review. My main critique of that record, Neck Deep's new record, even though I have such love for Neck Deep. And I still believe it's a solid record. Spoiler alert, I gave that record a 3. Potentially to a 3.5 because it has room to grow throughout the rest of this year. But the reason why I gave it a 3 out of 5 predominantly was the lack of variation. Fast forward now to this Green Day review. This record, what makes me appreciate it so much is the variation throughout. And I think that that should be noted as well. Definitely. Because not only the placement of the songs, but just the different influences on the album kept it interesting from beginning to end. 
you know it, it never got too repetitive but at the same time it kept things from getting stale exactly it just kept thing it just kept everything much more interesting that way as far as my rating i'm gonna i'm right there with you actually which nice. is Very pretty nice. pretty amazing because going into recording this episode i wasn't entirely sure where your rating was gonna fall but i truly believe myself that this is a four out of five stars record that green day has accomplished i mean i'm right there with you on that sentiment and it's just really setting the tone for this year i mean we're already getting so many good albums and so much great material and the year has just begun yeah really makes you wonder what else is down the pipeline but at the same time it also just fills you with hope that uh the incoming albums that you and i will eventually review are on uh the same caliber or on par yeah yeah it's true it, it it definitely sets a high bar absolutely and all we can hope is that everybody else follows suit so guys we want to know if you guys felt the same way as we did about green day's latest record we want to know how you felt about this record what are some of your favorite tracks what's your least favorite track we would like to know it all you guys so Make sure you head on over to musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Music Matters Media. And we'll see you in the next one.